welcome to the Sports Comedy Show. I'm Paul Salerno, the creator and host of the show. Today is Monday, April 5th. We are down to the finals in the Big March Madness, in the Big Dance. There's only two teams left that are saying, shut up and dance with me. That's right, it's Baylor and Gonzaga. We're going to look at the Final Four and then talk a little bit about the, the big game tonight. Because it's Paul on Talk Radio. Thank you. That's right. The big dance is coming to the biggest dance of them all on the biggest stage. That'll be tonight for the finals. Turns out it's going to be two number one seeds. Number one, Baylor versus number one, Gonzaga. How did we get here? What an incredible tournament it's been going all the way down the stretch. Let's go back to the final four. We're going to talk about what happened on Saturday. Um, there just an incredible day of basketball. And then they also threw a twist. They gave us something that uh, I certainly didn't see coming, but I just thought was incredible. going to touch on that. Before we get started with all that, I just do want to make a, a quick mention. If you haven't been to the website lately, please go. And the reason being is um, a lot of good stuff is out there on the website, on the NCAA page, and also on video clips. I've been doing video clips, um, not every day, but, but very regularly. And I've been putting uh, some funny video clips out there. So when you get a chance, you can see all this good stuff right there on the website. And that is sportscomedyshow.net. Okay, let's get into it. Let, let's go back to Saturday, because Saturday was the final four. And um, my last show, which I did, I believe it was Friday... Um, we talked about the possibilities of what could happen in the Final Four. Um, and I, my, uh, the, uh, in one of my analyses, the UCLA and Gonzaga game, I was pretty spot on with it uh, for what UCLA had to do. We'll talk about that one in a minute. Then the first game, I was off. I thought Houston was going to give us a better performance against Baylor. But maybe we need to recognize just how good Baylor is. Um, they, they really are. Because they did take down Houston in that first game. In the opening game on Saturday, 78-59. to 59. They keep marching. Baylor Bears are in the big dance. Because they marched their way right through Houston. There was no problem for Baylor. An incredible game. Let's look at Baylor for the tournament. First round, Baylor takes down Hartford, 79-55, blowout. Second round, beat number nine, Wisconsin, 76-63, another blowout. The Sweet 16, they beat number five, Villanova. Because remember, was it the Sweet 16 that there was only 16 teams that had a calendar left and we had to flush everybody down the drain? Then the Elite Eight, well, they flushed Arkansas right down the drain, 81-72, another blowout. And then in the Final Four, they beat Houston, 78-59, a serious blowout. That's impressive. Not only five wins, five wins by 
strong numbers. Um, they've, they've made it clear. They are the best three-point shooting team in the country, in the tournament, and in college basketball. So I'm going to kind of use that when I get to the strategy theory when I talk about the final game. Houston marching. Houston, I'm sorry. Baylor marching. They, they marched right through Houston, and they are now on the biggest stage of them all. They're going to play tonight for all the marbles. We have to say congratulations and, and, and put you know tip our hats to to Baylor for what they've done. It's been incredible. And as I said, um, if you remember, if you caught the podcast with uh, Sweet Sixteen, that's when we started flushing t- teams down the drain that didn't make it. Turns out Houston didn't make it. There was a problem. You know what that means, don't you? That's right, Houston went right down the drain. There was another team that went right down the drain on Saturday. That was UCLA. As sad as I hate to do it. Yes, that's true. We had to flush UCLA down the drain too. I didn't want to, but it had to happen. So we are on the big stage, the biggest dance of them all. These two teams just keep saying, shut up and dance with me. That's what they're going to do tonight. This game's going to be incredible. A lot of excitement. So before we get to that, let's talk about those games on Saturday. Like I said, Houston and Baylor. Baylor beat their butts 78-59. And the reason being is Baylor has some incredible three-point shooters. And once again... Baylor just says, shut up and dance. Let these three-pointers shoot. That's what they told Houston, and they told Houston right off. Here's where here's what happened on Saturday. In this first game, Houston, and I and I liked Houston, that they stymied them, and um, the biggest players on Houston are Sasser and Quentin Grimes. Quentin Grimes did not have a good game. He ended up with 13 points, but he was not able to penetrate inside, which was quite concerning because Baylor is known for their three-pointing. They're not the big defensive team. They're just known for this this three-point team that that can hit. And so I was kind of stifled why Grimes didn't have such a big game. Sasser was really the only one. And Jerome wasn't big on, on the boards. So they found a way to, to stop Houston. And the way they did it, it wasn't by playing defense. It was just the simple fact that they were hitting so many threes that Houston couldn't keep up with them. Baylor is a fast-paced team. And, um, you know, their big three is, um, is Devian Mitchell, Gerard Butler, and then they also got Teague. These three are your best three-point shooters Um together as a team and possibly in the league. Uh, you know, Butler was 17 points. Mitchell had 12. Teague had 11. They they just kept hitting, and, and it was simple. That was their game going on. The Houston never had a chance. <clears throat> I didn't see it. I didn't think that was going to happen, but it happened. And, um, you know, Baylor, as I said in the beginning, they've blown through everybody. So what they've done here was quite impressive. And um, they punched their ticket into the biggest dance, and rightfully so. They've done everything that they needed to do to get there. 
Now, before we get on to the next game, which was probably the greatest game of them all, did you see what happened during, I guess we're going to call it a halftime show? They had the morning game, then they took a break. There was about an hour or two break before the evening game. But that wasn't it for the broadcast, because they put something out there that was incredible. They didn't give it a lot of advertising, but they, it happened, and it was just phenomenal. And that was, her name is Miley Cyrus. And she came out and rocked and rolled our socks off. She had the look. She had the music. She took center stage. And Miley Cyrus just cranked it out. I loved it. I thought it was the greatest halftime show I've seen. Certainly better than The weekend, whatever that was, on the Super Bowl. She did it. She came out there and she, came, she had the look to kill. She had the rock and roll look on her. She came out and she did the greatest collaboration of rock and roll greats. And also, she put in some of her music because, you know, she has her own songs. So, Miley Cyrus, and they gave her the stage. She was a wrecking ball. She wrecked right through that stage. She played for about 45 minutes. And it was just incredible. I thought it was the best halftime show I've ever seen. It was unexpected. It blew me away. And um, I, all the reviews have been good. Only a few people I know didn't like it. And that's because, quite frankly, they're too old to adjust to the younger generation. I'm not a big Miley Cyrus fan. Last time I saw her, I think she was Hannah Banana or Barbera or whatever. I don't know. Um, but the point being was she came out and she showed that she is a lady of rock and roll and did a halftime show that I just thought was incredible. I love it. That was the biggest surprise of them all. And um, let's hear it for Miley Cyrus. Let's hear it for the NCAA. Let's hear it for CBS for putting it together and getting it out there. It was done tastefully. It, it blew us away. It was just incredible, and, and I loved every minute of it. Okay, then we have the evening game. What should we expect? We just saw a blowout. We just got our rocket. We got our socks rocked off by Miley Cyrus. But it was time for UCLA and Gonzaga. Now, if you've been listening to the show, um, you've known this whole tournament. I've attached one song and one song only to Gonzaga. And I'm not going to stop now because we're here at the finals. We're going to attach that song because when you're talking Gonzaga, you're talking Bulldogs. And we got to ask the question. That's right. Gonzaga Bulldogs are out. The question is, who let them out? Gonzaga, 31-0. They're averaging 91.6 points a game. They're holding their opponents to less than 70 a game. They've got the best scorer in the tournament, and Drew Timmy, I call him Timmy, at 19.2 points a game. Just an incredible beat. Look what they've done themselves in this tournament. They beat Norfolk by 40. They beat Oklahoma only by 16. They beat Creighton by 20-ish. They beat USC by 20-ish. And then the biggest one of them all was Saturday night. What an incredible game Saturday night was. 
because they went up against a real tough UCLA team that's just been on a roll of their own. And, and UCLA came in, and they went up against Gonzaga. Now, if you remember on the last show, I said, if anybody or if UCLA is going to play with Gonzaga, they're going to have to find a way to shut them down defensively. And for the most part, they did. And when I say that, I mean they still scored points, but they kept Timmy and um, Corey Gissert from going inside and making these eight, these easy layups, which they do uh, through the whole tournament. They've done it through the whole year. And that's because these guys are big and dominating. They're on another level. I've been saying that about this team. I compare this team to NBA levels of playing. I've even got some backlash going, no, you can't compare collegiate to NBA at two different levels. Well, that may be true, but this team is playing like an NBA team. They, they transition so incredibly quick. They just keep moving, and they do it on a level that you can clearly see is much higher than anything you're seeing in the, uh, in the, in the college level. So... UCLA, they came out, they kept Timmy and, and Kizzard, um held down, and their big guns stood up. I mean, and their big three guns, which everybody knows now, was uh, Jaime Juarez uh, Jr., uh, Johnny Dezang, and Tiger Campbell. They all had big games. They played the games of their lives, and they needed to, and they did. But as it turns out, as they were playing the closest game and keeping up with Gonzaga, they were the first team to actually have a lead in the second half against Gonzaga in the tournament and, and probably only a few times this year that that's happened. They went back and forth, and lo and behold, after 40 minutes of basketball, where were we? It was a tie game. Can you believe it? It was a tie. And, and yes, UCLA even had a chance on that final drive to win. But um, they went right into Drew Timmy. He got the call. So it was an offensive foul. Overtime came. Once again, they go back and forth in overtime. But miracles happen and big plays happen. And when you least expect it, it did happen. This time, unfortunately, it happened against UCLA. And that was because Jalen Suggs, as uh, time was running out and it appeared we were going to go to a second overtime, he launches a three-pointer just as he passes the half-court line. And it was so bad, it banked and went in. And it happened. Gonzaga, with a miracle buzzer beater from half-court, beats UCLA 93-90. to It was shocking. It was mesmerizing. It was a bummer for the Bruins. I mean, these two teams were so equal, and this game was so great. They just kept going back and forth. I didn't want it to end. I didn't want to see either one of these teams lose. I mean, I am a Bruin fan, but I've been saying from day one, Gonzaga is on destiny. This is destiny's child right here. And, and that's what it was. And it was destiny's child, and that's because the question still needs to be asked, and that is who let those Bulldogs out? Those Bulldogs did it again. They take down UCLA 93-90. That's right. Those dogs are out. 
Gonzaga keeps dancing. They get to the biggest stage of them all. And now, tonight, what a game we've got lined up. We've got the finals. We've got number one Gonzaga versus number one Baylor. Now, the last time we've had two number one seeds in the final goes all the way back. I think it was 63 or 64 with Cincinnati and Ohio State, if my memory serves me correctly. It's been that long. So these two teams are very different styles, so I can break it down, which I'm going to. Um, but it's going to be excitement plus. So here's what you're looking at. You're looking at Baylor, who clearly is the best three-point team in the game. They play with three guards. They've... Um, They've been on another level themselves. They're going up against number one Gonzaga, who, like I say, I think they're on a professional level. Um, so what do you look for in this game? Gonzaga is going to do what they've done this entire season. They're, nothing's going to change out of Gonzaga. And that is they are the best transitioning team that plays the game. That's why I think that they're on a professional level. They are going to, as, as soon as they get the ball, they're gone. They're going to go the other way, and they're going to run. And they've got their big boys inside, and, and it's going to get down to this. Drew Timmy and Corey Gissert, Baylor's going to have to do what UCLA did and find a way to slow these two down from just making layups in the paint, getting um, offensive rebounds, and keeping the drive alive. That's what Baylor's going to need to do is find a way to do that. Because as soon as Gonzaga gets it, they're off and running, and they usually go right inside and get their easy layups because these guys are dominating. And if they don't get their layups, they get their rebounds, and it keeps them going. Gonzaga is a high-scoring team. They average, like I said, over 90 points a game. Um, but Baylor only gives up about 60, and that's because they're so busy scoring threes, the other team doesn't get a chance to get past that. So Baylor is going to offensively, naturally, without saying it's going to have to do what they've done all year, and that is shoot threes and shoot threes and shoot threes. And if they keep shooting threes while Baylor's hitting threes, if they can hold Gonzaga to their twos, they've got a chance to play with them. They're going to need to play the game of their lives, like I mentioned, like UCLA did, because if they don't, Gonzaga's just going to keep running and running and running, and I can see Gonzaga running away with this. So, everybody saw a great game Saturday night. This one might be anticlimactic. I would not be surprised if, if Gonzaga runs away with it, and that's only because if Baylor ends up flat or can't play that high level for 40 minutes, then Gonzaga's just going to keep doing what they're doing. And, and that's my concern for Baylor is they're going to need to play that three-point game for 40 straight minutes. So I, I don't know if they can do that against Gonzaga. Maybe in the early rounds, they're going to have to come out hot, strong, quickly, like they did against Houston, like they've done against everybody. Because if they don't, Gonzaga's just going to run, 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 and run away. So I, I look for Gonzaga in this one to ultimately be the winner because I just – Find it hard to believe Baylor's going to be able to go 40 minutes of playing perfect ball, almost like UCLA did. But you get you are going to have to keep an eye on their big guys. You know, I mean they they've got them. Um, Devion Mitchell is going to make a statement, 
and so is uh, Gerard Butler. These guys are incredible. Teague is going to also have to put on, put up some work under the boards as well as Thumba. There's the biggest guards or the biggest boys that are going to have to try to find a way to shut down Drew Timmy and, and Corey Gisser. Whew, this is going to be a fun one. When it's all said and done, I, I just think Gonzaga, I would not be surprised if it's not close. Um, as much as we would like to see another nail-biter, another overtime game, it, it could happen, but I, I don't see it. I, I see an anticlimactic finish. That's what I see for tonight. Um, this, was the biggest, this is the biggest dance of them all. It's been exciting. It's been an exciting tournament. I will be back tomorrow with a wrap of the whole tournament. Um, so let's enjoy our final game tonight. And once again, we've got Baylor and Gonzaga for all, of, all the marbles as they just keep marching. And this has been another edition of Talk Radio. I am Paul Salerno, the creator and host, and we'll catch you next time.